Hello, everybody, and welcome to Geek Actually, episode 116 for the 22nd of January 2011. I am Dave McVeigh, and I am joined by a very sick Josh Philpott. How are you, Josh? I'm fantastic, guys. Uh, Apologies in advance for the fact that I will probably be relatively neutral on this show as my head is working about 20% of where it should be. I'm glad that I don't sound blocked up. That was one thing I was really worried about. You won't be neutral. Once we get started, you'll wake up. I can can, can absolutely assure it. Bring it. It's just the way it works. The chat room has already decided on a vendetta to try and make me derail, so uh, good luck, guys. Um, All the best for you. See if you can do that. All right, so what is this show? This is the new amalgamated Tech Actually, Geek Actually after show all pushed together into one messy conglomerate congealed mess you know it's very much a mess <laughs> well we try anyway um now yeah, the messier the better i always say uh our links are brought to us this week almost exclusively by our researcher uh david murray delta knight in our chat room how are you delta um we are out live every saturday at 12 p.m and we are live right now so we have a live chat room so you'll hear us talking to the chat room every now and again unless you're listening to this on an audio podcast in which it is not live now because it was live a couple of days ago good observation good observation <laughs> So don't go jumping over to the side. There's nothing. Yeah, there if you right hear there. us talking in the chat room, don't think you can get involved in that conversation. <laughs> it's over. Next week you can. Fair enough. All right. Uh, now, so yeah, every Saturday, 12 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time at the moment. Uh, UTC plus 11 for our international listeners. And we do actually have, at the moment, a booming international component uh, mm. going on here. So when we do get a little bit local in our news, I, I do apologize. We do try and keep it as open as possible. But I will say this week, Josh, we have an enormous mail. Oh, no, I'm not going to say it because you joked about it last time. We have an enormous feedback section. Ha! Ah, Mailbags. <laughs> Mailbag. So I thought we'd just run through some of these. Now, just to let you know, we always accept feedback, feedback at gigactually.com. We don't always read all of the email that comes through on air because uh, we just don't have time or it doesn't fit or what have you. But we haven't read feedback for a while. And so I thought we had so much of it this week that I thought we would just kind of throw some of this out and see uh, what sticks, basically. So uh, first feedback here is from uh, Tristan. Uh, who says, hi guys, welcome back. My email this time is just a short one, uh, not a long-winded one that I've done in the past. I just thought you would like this link. Um, he says, I was listening to your podcast today and someone mentioned, and let me just fire this link up on screen so that we have it here for us to have a look at. Uh, he says, I was listening to your podcast today and someone mentioned something briefly about wireless electricity for phones or something, not entirely sure, but just thought you might be interested in this if you haven't heard about it already. So he wasn't quite sure because he obviously wasn't listening very closely. We were actually talking about eyeballs yeah. <laughs> if you remember it was the LCD contact lenses and how do you power those and apparently they're yeah. being powered wirelessly well th- he sent us a link to a company called Ytricity which is uh, it's basically a, it's a company trying to sell this so it's not like yeah. a news article or anything like that but it's wireless electricity delivered over distance which is what their entire profile is and I'll put this link into the show notes so you can have a look at it but they're basically saying cell phones game controllers laptop computers mobile robots Uh, I see connection mobile robots even electric vehicles capable of recharging themselves without ever being plugged in now we talked about that on the show a while ago the idea that in America they want to start putting strips into the roads so that as you're driving you're charging as you drive Um, my question about that of course is who pays for it then what, the electricity? Yeah, because well, the... you go to an electricity station and... You will just in... pay higher taxes. 
Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, that yeah, would work they'll too. just, like, all that would happen was you'd run it from the power lines into the roads and then basically do it that way. Oh, yeah. I guess that would work too. Yeah, okay. as long as they figure out a really, really decent way to set it up. Oh, dude, how funny would it be? It'd be the new kind of vandalism. People coming along and ripping out the ripping bits. Out the so people bits. are, like, driving along, then all of a sudden just... And they're going, why aren't I charging? <laughs> Anyway, so I'll put the link. Uh, there's not a lot of news here. Basically, it's just a site talking about a company uh, that is actually specializing in this. Yeah. And so I thought we'd bring that up and just so you can have a look at that link in our show notes. Mm. And remember, our show notes are all the links that we talk about in the show are always in our show notes, which you can find on the post at geekactually.com. Yeah. Uh, so for our audio listeners who are coming in, you'll be able to find those links. Now, we also have um, – now, I'm going to come back to that one because we also have uh, something else about that one. So I'll come back to those two. Um, now uh, – okay, no, hold on. What am I doing here? Now, from Tim, uh, I'm not doing last names, by the way, because I don't know how much you want to uh, disclose of your lives online. But Tim sent us a link uh, basically saying uh, another uh, reason we should be worried about the robots taking over. Right. Um, basically, this is a link that is about quadcopters learning to build things. Yeah. Um, now, I thought this was actually quite cute. Basically, they're teaching these quadcopters to build structures, which, in other words, making them... Uh, able to rebuild their own surroundings, and we're heading towards Skynet one more time. <laughs> you know, so. or the other thing, which is like setting up, you know, mobile turrets, or maybe you know, dropping in, dropping in foods. tanks, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> and other, all hate, all hate for technology, and other vehicles that could cause us harm. Yeah, so, no, definitely. Um, so I thought we'd bring that. They one do up. look amazingly they, cool, though, don't they? Quadcopters. It doesn't I matter how them. badly you build a quadcopter; it'll always look cool because it has four rotating blades on the top of it. Absolutely, I think quad. Quadcopters are awesome. Yeah, I think they are. I think they are brilliant. I mean, you know, they, they are a pending destruction, but the point is, they look cool. <laughs> they, they are the beginning of the hunter seekers. All, that's all I can tell you. Oh, yeah. Now we also had an email. This is actually slightly on a serious side, and um, uh, he actually says, "Hi guys, sorry I haven't been able to make any shows recently." This is from Lionheart or. Oh, Northy. yeah, yeah, Northy. Uh, he says, I haven't been able... Northy is regular in our chat room, by the way, so... And uh, is awesome. And is awesome. I haven't been able to make uh, too many... Sh- uh, to make it to many... Make it to any shows recently. Uh, we have been experiencing major flooding in uh, Rockhampton. No excuse. No. Water, floods... Hey. Hey. Oh, sorry. Okay. Hey, be nice. <laughs> be nice. All right. The he poor says, guy is in a lot of trouble at the moment. That's true. And intermittently losing internet connectivity. I'm surprised he's got any internet yeah, connectivity. Yeah, no, he popped in for like five minutes recently and I saw him and then he disappeared again. Uh, that was well, sad. Yeah. It says, flood water is now going down as a community. We are being strong and cleaning up after our worst flood since 1991. I found the attached PDF article... Uh, about uh, upgrading the Yepin Crossing, uh, the federal government, yep. and in our local newspaper. And I thought you might find it uh, assuring, frustrating, insanely dumb. Mm. Uh, look forward to the show. Hopefully, it'll work for, uh, work for me this Saturday. Well, he's not here yet. So mm. anyway, so he set this link through. Basically saying that um, their the government is yelling at the federal government saying that uh, you know better roads in Queensland would be a better idea than the NBN right now and maybe how about upgrading our roads and stuff so that uh, you know instead of trying to give us broadband internet which we don't really care about at this moment in time. You know, I actually they're basically saying make it all flood proof. Mm. Um, and I look at it and I go, you know, uh, all right. I understand the frustrations and I understand that they've been through really bad hardships. But at the same time, we also have to understand this is a freak incident. Yeah. You know, it's not like they flood every year. You know what Mm. I mean? And yes, I understand that the roads should be upgraded as well. 
but the NBN, I don't think, is to blame for the floods. Dude, you know? people are just turning around. Like, when when I'm in conversations at work at the moment, people will actually say things like, oh, you know, we could get that if we didn't have the NBN. And I'm just like, the NBN is like one part of a government budget. It's not everything. No, and can I also throw out that uh, we could also say that you could get those better roads if we didn't have to pay troops mm. in wars that we shouldn't be involved in. Yeah, I mean, there's you know? lots of... It just seems it just seems like such an out an out now at the moment. Instead of just you know trying to actually put anything into uh, situations at the moment, people are just turning around and just blaming the NBN. And I think when it comes, it's a scapegoat. I think when it comes to the NBN, it all comes down to it's time for the. You just really want to use that. <laughs> We're going to be a crappy radio station in no time, guys. Yeah, well, you know, I've been working on it for two years now. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the last piece of uh, feedback for this show, we also have a lot of feedback for the next show as well. The last piece of feedback for this show is actually uh, about our friend Julian Assange. Uh, now, last week we did a whole thing on, uh, on my thoughts on the whole Julian Assange thing, and we probably should have saved beat up of the week for this particular uh, story. We'll use it for both. It's kind of a rolling. We'll thing. see how we go. But first of all, this is we got two emails and two voicemails all from the same person, and that was our friend Kai. Now um, I'm going to play his voicemail. So you know, guys, this is a really good example. If you actually um, send a voicemail to us. You might sound something like this, which would be kind of exciting, and you can actually hear your voice heard. Where are my headphones? I need to be able to hear what he has to say. All right, so this is uh, Kai sending us a message about... Oh, first of all, he also, uh, just to let you know, on this voicemail, also wanted to give us a heads up on something in the new iOS, which mm. is coming as well. But here we go. Here's, here's, here's Kai. Hey, this is Kai from Philly. Two quick points after listening to your last show. The first is that my understanding is that in this new version of the iOS, they put back the uh, scroll lock, the, um, the the position lock instead of the mute, or at least the option to choose between the two. And the second is, you keep referring to the WikiLeaks guy, Julian Assange, and his quote-unquote uh, rape case. My understanding is that it's not actually rape. It's a charge similar to rape because they consider like having unprotected sex without telling someone similar to rape, but the actual allegation is that he had sex with someone who was willing, but the condom broke and he didn't tell them. And apparently this person, this one of these two women that he, this allegation is with, both has a website that tells you how to get back at men, ex-boyfriends or whatever that have wronged you, and has also had apparently some sort of ties to the American intelligence community. So it's a little bit awkward and a little bit um, disturbing if that's the case. And the media is just running with it, saying that it's rape because it falls under that sort of heading or that classification of cases in that, you know, like if I have AIDS and I have sex with you and I don't tell you, I can understand how that would be a sexual assault or something. But if, if this is simply a case of a woman alleging that there was consensual sex and that the condom broke and he didn't tell them, then that's a very, very different thing from, from rape. Um, and it it just is kind of awkward. So uh, you don't have to play this on the show, but maybe look into it and tell me what you think. 
right, thanks. Bye. Of course we have Tough. to. Of We're course going we have to. to play it on the show. What are you talking about? All right, so that was Kai, and he raises some very interesting points. And yes, I think we needed to, for a sake of clarity, uh, I think we need to uh, just bring this up a little bit uh, with the whole. Um, Julian Assange thing because yes we talked about it as well the allegations of rape and blah 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 and he sent through on his emails now I've also got emails from him as well which I won't read out because you've already heard his points but he goes through it in a long detailed two long detailed emails I will say mm. um, and I have the links and the links that he sent through for the uh, for these stories is in the show notes mm. so go through and read these because they're very very interesting the first one is from Mail Online and that's probably the best one because it really does just outline the entire case Hmm. what he's actually been accused of is really um, uh, shaky it's a very unshaky ground to start with Hmm. Um, basically he went he was invited to Sweden uh, for talk Uh, he got uh, he met up with the woman who was basically organizing the whole thing he ended up staying at her house. Uh, right. that she invited him to the house. After the first day, he actually had consensual sex with her. Mm-hmm. Um, now, apparently, what she is now claiming is that the condom broke and he didn't tell her and he finished anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were still friends. And the next day, they went out to dinner together and they were all laughing and they went out to a couple of things. Then later, he met up with this other girl who was a big fan who had basically been following him around, mm. um, and he went out to a couple of mixers and so forth, and it eventually ended up with him taking her back to where he was staying. He had sex with her. Mm. Um, now, apparently, from what I'm understanding, it looks like it was actually unprotected sex in that situation. Uh, it turns out the two girls actually did know each other in some sort of shaky way, mm. and the first girl had actually published... Now, this is the part that really gets me. Had actually published a um, an article uh, on the web about uh, the seven ways to get even, basically, yeah. with a man, uh, which she has now tried to pull down, but, of course, is still floating around the web, and you can find it. Yeah. Um, she took the first she took the second girl after discussing the fact that uh, the second girl was kind of unhappy about the whole thing. She basically talked her into going to the police station. It was actually only the one case uh, that was going to the police station, but when the police started talking to them, she talked about the condom breaking. The police decided that this was enough to then start to look at two cases. The whole thing is just shaky. They called the uh, the uh, basically the uh, district or equivalent of the district attorney and said, this, should we proceed with this? And the district attorney said, there's no case here because yeah. it seems like consensual sex. Don't worry about it. Uh, it was all dropped for a while and now it's all come back to the surface mm. again. The whole thing feels set up, mm. uh, is in my opinion. The whole feel, thing feels on shaky ground and feels set up. Now, he's right. In Sweden, there are different laws than we have here. The fact that the condom broke, he didn't tell her that is actually... Uh, grounds of a charge that is similar to sexual assault because uh, it will, could have been a damaging situation in that situation. And we're just trusting a woman who posted up a thing about seven ways to fuck over dudes. That's the big issue here. Yeah, is like, the big issue is the fact that this is a woman who was out for something. Yeah, you know, um, you know, there's 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 a lot of issues uh, that are surrounding this thing that just don't sound right. Mm. Um, and I, quite frankly, I think Julian Assange actually has a pretty pretty safe case here. Mm. Um, and I don't know why he wouldn't want to just go back, face it, and get it over with and clear his name because I don't think he would lose this case somehow. Even mm. the it would seem even the magistrate 
doesn't yeah. think he would lose this case. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think this is all just very odd. Anyway, I'll leave, I'll put the, and I want to say thank you very much um, for, for sending that to us, Kai, and for, for updating us on that because, yes, we had fallen into that same rut as yeah. all the other press, which is basically just saying it's alleged rape. Mm. They obviously don't understand what is going on, and yeah. so it's easier just to say rape. You know, because but isn't the whole thing about journalism supposed to be finding out the information? No. Well, how long has it been since we've had decent investigative journalists? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Anyway, so there's two links about this, hmm. um, and basically, one of them actually says the link is actually titled, and I think this might be the charge, which is "Sex by Surprise." <laughs> you gotta love the Swedes, all right? But uh, anyway, so that's uh, that. But more importantly, what he said in that voicemail was. The rotation lock switch is coming back to iOS. <laughs> That's the bit we were all very excited about. That's we the like, part yeah. that I, Yes! Uh, now, this is only... Now, there's been... If you go online, there have been... And we've actually got a little bit of this... Uh, we've got a link in our show notes about this as well. We'll just skip ahead here a little bit. Which is that uh, the speculations for the iPad and iPhone are jumping like crazy at this mm. point. Um, iPhone's announcement, theoretically, is only... Um, about a month and a half away for the March-April launch because that's uh, fitting within their schedule. iPad should be out. The new iPad should be out by May, which mm. would fit their schedule. And there's already talk about what will be in these new devices. And uh, what they're actually saying is that the iPhone, interestingly enough, may get a radical complete redesign. Yeah. Now, I thought this was bizarre considering that we just radically redesigned the phone, but obviously all the antenna issues have made them kind of rethink this. Now, whether this is just speculation mm. or whether this is fact, nobody knows, okay? Because realistically, it's Apple. Yeah. Uh, unless uh, somebody leaves one on a bar stool again, you know, we're not going to know. Now, apparently the new iPhones are already being tested around campus, strictly yeah. on campus uh, at Cupertino, which means that they won't be left on bar stools. I think they learned their lesson on that one. Yeah. Um, and so we will find out. But more importantly, with the iPad 2 uh, speculations, apparently somebody has actually had a look at it, or so they say. Yeah. And they say it's thinner, it does have front and back facing cameras, yeah. but most importantly, it seems to have an SD card slot. Now, I honestly believe the SD card slot just sounds like an adaption of what is the port that clips on the back. I don't think this will be used for storage. No, no, I think it'll be literally so you can copy photos from a yeah. camera. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, no doubt about that. At Whether all. or not people are going to be able to hack that. And use, oh no no, but I mean in applications, as in like whether or not not, not on a not on an unjailbroken one, but on a jailbroken oh, one, yeah, of course. you know that there'll be external storage on that. Yeah, thing. Uh, but I don't jailbreak my iPads, so mm. um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but so the, the, these are the speculations that are coming about. We've also heard speculations mm. about the new iOS, the new iOS we talked about, we've talked about before, and mm. it looks like the rotation lock might be coming back as a switchable thing, which is exactly what somebody asked for, yep. and Jobs said no. Mm. But here's the big piece of news for the week. The big piece of news for the week is that Steve Jobs has taken another leave of absence uh, for health reasons. He, so we're sure it's for health reasons? Yes, and I've actually got his email here. Um, 
Steve Jobs on, I think it was Monday, sent an email to the entire staff of Apple and said, Team, at my request, the board of directors has granted me medical leave of absence so I can focus on my health. I will continue as CEO and be involved in major strategic decisions for the company. I have asked Tim Cook to be responsible for all Apple's day-to-day operations. I have great confidence that Tim and the rest of the executive management team will do a terrific job executing the exciting plans we have in place for 2011. I love Apple so much, and I hope to get back as soon as I can. In the meantime, my family and I would deeply appreciate respect for our privacy. Which is great because obviously that email got immediately sent to someone else. Well, absolutely. That email was immediately published on Business Wire um, and and it's gone out there. But what I will say is that everybody's been very respectful of it this time. Because if you remember when he went on his last leave of absence, everybody was like, oh, you know, he's looking sicky because it was that big build up to it and then suddenly he just left and then Mm. it was all secretive and then suddenly the rumors came about the liver transplant and all this sort of stuff. This time he's been very upfront about it. He's basically said... I'm yep. taking some time off. I've spoken to the board. They know I'm taking time off. Mm. Blah, blah. They are saying six months. My personal feeling is I'm wondering if he's actually going to come back. Mm. My the, per- it does seem mildly fi- uh, finalistic. Yeah, it does. My, my final feeling is he will look from a distance and kind of guide them. Mm. But I don't think he will come back to day-to-day operations at Apple. I just, for some reason, I just got this nagging feeling. I don't think mm. he's going to come back to day-to-day. I think he's done his bit. Mm. Steve Jobs realistically said way early in his career that he wanted to make computer technology uh, an appliance. Yeah. Right? Like your fridge and your microwave and all that sort of stuff. He's done that. He's done that. I mean, the iPad, the iPhone, and even the Mac, to the most part, are all literally appliances now, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think he's succeeded in what he set out to do. And I think he's kind of at that point where he's finished. Yeah. Quite frankly. I agree. Um. So I don't think it's about liver transplant. Our chat room has basically said, you know, uh, isn't that why you had a liver transplant too, mu- uh, too much booze and hose? <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> no, I think um, he was saying if I was, um, if I was Steve Jobs, I would never be available. It would be wall-to-wall Jack Daniels and hookers. That's what he was saying. <laughs> so I think basically um, I think what we're seeing here is we're seeing him stepping back from Apple. Mm. And that's fine. And I think as a consultant – yeah. Uh, to Apple, he will still have that guiding hand. But you also have to remember that Apple, I'm sure, everything in, in line is five years in advance. Mm. A company like Apple doesn't leave anything to chance. Mm. So we're not going to see any major changes in Apple, even with him stepping down. The plans are already in place. So anyway, that uh, that letter and the article about him leaving, you can find it at geekactually.com. I've actually reposted it there as well. I am going to respect his privacy. I'm not going to try and speculate as to what's wrong with him. Mm. I'm just going to say get well soon. You know, yeah. you've done so much in your life, Steve Jobs. You deserve a little bit of peace, and you know, just, just relax. You know, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I just thought that was very sudden. So uh, well, I thought we'd bring that. I up. think maybe it's just the day-to-day stuff is just getting hard. I imagine it would. Like he's getting old. He's getting older. He's been through two major health issues. He had pancreatic cancer and the liver transplant. I mean, the, the man. You know, and he, I mean, okay, granted, he could eat a steak and might solve a few problems. I mean, he is a vegan, which yeah. you know, I'm sure doesn't help. But mm. anyway, um, so we'll move on from uh, Apple. Mm. And uh, we will say that I'm getting concerned uh, that the robot, robot apocalypse is nearer than we think. Yeah. Because um, IBM supercomputers actually took on two contestants on Jeopardy on TV and beat them. <laughs> so they're getting smarter than the people, all right? So... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that is scary. And the link for that article you can find on our show notes. Uh, now, the other one I, I thought was really interesting was I just, this. Once again, this is that whole concept where we just jump up and down without actually grounds for knowing anything. Hmm. Um, if you remember, a few months ago they were talking about NASA's unmanned space drone. Yeah, it was like a miniature version of the shuttle, but sleeker. But it was unmanned and it was going up into space, and everybody was going, "What's it for? What's it for? What's it going to do? Is it some sort of evil weapon?" Well, it returned to Earth. Uh, this week mm. and landed and uh, it actually was up there for a long time and this is the advantage of being unmanned is the fact that it uh, I've got the article here how many days was it actually up there it was actually 224 days in space yeah and it's returned to Earth, and everybody's going, yes, but what did it do up there? You know? And it's like NASA's now saying, well, you know what? It was a test flight for one, and you know, relax, dude. This is for like satellite maintenance. And basically, it's going to do what the shuttle did without people. Yeah. You know? And as everybody just needs to calm down. It's, the vehicle is called the X-37, which is not a very sexy name, I must say. No, but it's no. a really sexy vehicle. It, like, it kind of looks like one of those Predator drones, but like, you know, fat. <laughs> You know, <laughs> looks like an orca, Dave. It looks like an orca. <laughs> oh, that's good too. I like that. Mm. Okay, uh, yeah, no, it's a big fat space vehicle, and yes, it came back. And um, they're saying that the prototype, uh, the, the the speculations for this thing have been: it's a prototype bomber, it's a satellite snatching snoop, um, or it's a speedy, quick reacting sensor platform. Yeah. And as NASA would say, or it could just be a shuttle. <laughs> you know? A test shuttle a flying test up shuttle into space. Concepts, to, yeah. you know, anyway. Yeah, but so it could, you could all just relax at this point. Um, the fact that it's unmanned means it could be used in the great robot apocalypse, but, you know, I'll leave that one for the moment. <laughs> uh. um, now, finally, electric cars are being taken seriously. Now, I'm quite keen on the whole electric car idea, the idea of no emissions and a quieter world. And, you know, you wouldn't have these bozos starting up their Harleys, you know, and all this sort of mm, stuff. Mm. But the reason why I say that they're actually starting to be taken seriously is because uh, Washington State has just taken out a uh, huge uh, initiative mm. to put in recharge stations all over, EV charging stations. Um, and they're just saying now that it... Um, they number two or three across a 190-kilometer route two. Mm. Uh, but in the future, they're actually planning on having one of these about every 30... Oh, sorry, what is it they're planning on having one? Every... Uh, 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 480 over 190 kilometers. Thank you. That's, that's what we were looking for. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so they're actually having a lot of these. And they're saying that these stations will be able to charge up a Nissan Leaf uh, in about 80% to about 80% in about 30 minutes. So, yeah. so it's not as fast as pumping gas, but that's a really fast charge. To yeah. Charge up a car, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and then if you add to that electrified roads, yeah. Charge, I think electric cars are the way of the future. And we've just found out in the last uh, few weeks that Ford mm. is actually going to release in 2012 its first fully electric car as well. So everybody's doing it. Yeah. I think we are seeing the end of combustion engines, quite frankly. I really hope so, because I think it's an important thing that we need to do. Like so it wasn't 480, it was 10 more stations. 10 more stations. $1.32 million, yeah. uh, and they're going to be putting 10 more electric highway stations. It's called the Electric Highway Project. So at the moment, they've got two. They're mm. going to uh, put 10 in. Well, that's so, good. There you go. So uh, I think that's pretty neat. Um, now... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to skip that one for a moment because i got to talk about this one. I actually talked to my lovely wife, Katie, about this one because I needed some confirmation on the science on yeah. this one. <laughs> this one just tickled me. Scientists, in fact, I'll actually go so far as to say Stanford University bioengineering professor 
Igmar Rydell Cruz has a project going at the moment where they have actually taken paramecium, the little single-celled organisms, Mm -hmm. and they have actually electrified... Uh, the uh, fluid that they're in and have managed to create a real-life Pac-Man game. Right. These things just basically, you can control them with a joystick. So as you move the joystick, it actually puts charges into the water, which actually guides it and allows it to go around eating the things around it. And I thought this was very funny, but of course they don't talk about what it actually eats. Mm. Um, And and I just love the wording in this article uh, that was uh, from Gizmodo. Yeah, where they say that uh, uh, they're wondering what it's uh, going to chase. The uh, by the way, they're called the Pacmecium. Pacmecium is what they're that's calling so them. Cute. And they're saying, what are they going to chase them? And they're saying, is this going to be like evil amoebas, or <laughs> you know, what, what what is it they're actually going to do? But apparently, this is not the first biological game that they've made. Mm. They also made Pod Pong. Uh, cilia ball and biotic pinball <laughs> where uh, in the biotic pinball it says that the paramecia are in charge of rolling the ball around which i thought was just brilliant. <laughs> well it's interesting i mean like if we can start using this more regularly who knows maybe we'll have living games in no time well i was thinking about the real bring back blood sports <laughs> well i was thinking about the real life applications of this if you could actually all right, this is a, a paramecia, but if you could actually control mm. something through a fluid-based product, who's to say that you couldn't start creating biological solutions to medical problems yeah. where you could actually literally guide something through, something through your system. body yeah, no, um, absolutely. To, to actually make it work? I think there's a lot of interesting, and I'm sure this, I mean, science is always done for a reason, you know? Yeah. I'm sure they didn't just do it because they wanted to play Pac-Man. I'm sure they, they had yeah, some. Yeah, well, you never know. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, no one really knows that for sure, Dave. Well, that's true. They could just be sitting there going, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> All right. Let's talk a little bit about processors. Um, the next generation, now this is going to get a little bit propeller-headish. Put your propeller head on. Um, IT Wire has an article uh, talking about the Intel and AMD uh, next generation, basically. Mm. Now, uh, for those who follow a lot of podcasts, you'll hear them through names around like Sandy Bridge and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so basically, Intel's new, bra- uh, new core a yep. processor is called the Sandy Bridge. AMD has one coming out a month later called the Fusion. Yeah. And they're basically saying that this is the next generation. Uh, they have built-in visual capabilities. Uh, they have basically everything built onto the chip itself to create, uh, what is it? They incorporate multi-core technology, powerful discrete graphics, parallel processing engine, high-definition video acceleration. Uh, they're designed to quickly speed data across the various processor cores. And they're basically AMD is claiming that this will give you a more vibrant computing experience. Sleek designs all day battery life, yeah. uh, which I think is the key here, mm. uh, and notebooks that stay cool. Dude, um, I was talking with um, someone who will remain nameless from AMD uh, from Australia, and he was explaining that apparently you can get like 10 to 15 hours of battery life while playing games. And then he was saying you can play things like Crisis on a netbook. Wow. Like, I don't know how, like, I mean, he may have been exaggerating when he was making the statements, but even so. Well, I'm not even thinking about netbooks at this point. Can you imagine you, these new processors in things like phones and tablets? Oh, yeah. Like, the tablets is where, like, I mean, it's you get a 10-hour battery on an iPad now, put something like this in there. What's to say you wouldn't get a 40-hour battery off this? Thing? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm really, really curious, because if they can get a really decent 10-inch going, and they were saying the prices are going to be low, and that scares me because I just don't see that happening. Hmm. How do we make cheap computers? James from Melbourne says Sony PlayStation is going to have a notebook soon. The only problem is it's hotter than the sun. 
I haven't heard this. I awesome, heard though. Too. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, Zed says that my notebook stays cool. I will say that the new MacBooks actually stay really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This new MacBook that we're using in the show here is actually really cool. And uh, I unplug it in the morning and work all day on it. I've been updating my sites and stuff. And literally, the battery is still good in the evening. Eight, nine. Eight, yeah, nine, eight hours. nine hours. This thing is yep. amazing. You know? So, uh, yeah, I have to say we're already moving yeah. quite along. But I'm really curious about these because... When I first heard about Sandy Bridge and this whole incorporate everything on the chip, I kind of thought, oh, this is kind of like, you know, mobile technology. This is sounding a little bit atomish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but this is saying these are they're saying these are fast processors. These are the next generation of notebook chips. Yep. Yeah. 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 No. Look, um, everything that I've heard from him is that when these chips drop and when we start seeing these computers fly out, that they will revolutionize the way we look at computers. Well, Sandy Bridge is supposed to be literally out. I think it's like March or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no. And then, oh, no, sorry. Uh, no, I take that back. February. January. And then AMD will launch two weeks later. Um, yeah, okay. It says two weeks later on the 1st of February, AMD will launch its Fusion. So we're talking two weeks prior to well, that. So literally now. <laughs> yeah, no, but the other thing is that I'm not sure whether or not that's shop floor. Whether oh, or yeah, not, no, I'm yeah. talking about yeah, to manufacture. Yeah. We're not going to see these units until mm. third quarter. Yep. Maybe, um, I would say. Mm. Well, question is, uh, for Mac users out there, will Apple jump on this new architecture, or will they stick with the i5s and i7s for a while? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, who knows? Oh, that was the other thing I want to say very quickly. I just backtracked for a second. The new iPhone and the new iPad are both supposed to be rumored to be running the A5 chip, which is their next generation chip as well, we'll which is see. supposed to be much faster. And, Bastards. And two cores. Bastards. Bastards. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see what the next generation of Apple products are going to be. I'm also very interested to see what this next generation of uh, PCs are going to be. Yeah. Um, I think the I cool, will give you a full report when they hit the shelves. Please do. I will come down and have a look at them. And uh, I'm very interested, in, particularly in temperature, because laptops are notoriously hot. Mm. <laughs> All right. Let's move on and say that uh, uh, now we'll skip. Oh, no, we'll talk about. Look, I'll just throw this one out there really quickly. Self-driving cars are almost a reality. It's not quite what you think. You know that we've seen all these self-car tests with the Google cars and stuff like that. Apparently in, uh, I think it's in Scandinavia, I want to say. I want to say Scandinavia, Mm. somewhere in Scandinavia, because, you know, they are kind of crazy there. I mean, you know. Yeah, Swedish. Okay. Um, so the Swedish, the Swedes are testing at the moment the concept of a road train. And this is a really interesting idea. The idea is that they have trucks yeah. that basically have all the controls built into them, and they just cruise the street, right? Yeah. There's like a lane. And if your car is equipped with the right equipment, you literally pull in behind them, yeah. hit the connect, it connects to the truck, and then you can take your hands off, and the truck controls your car. Oh, dude, that's and, cool. And the, car, the next car can pull up behind you, hit it, and basically what you end up with is a road train where you can sit there and read your paper, yeah. and the truck does all the driving. And that's the cars so are just cool. tagged along. There are legality issues, apparently. And there's a video here that actually shows you them testing it uh, yeah. on the link, which you can have a look at. Um, but there are some legalities because, of course, the current road laws don't take into account hands-free driving and stuff yeah. like that. So if there is an accident, who's at fault and, you know, blah. So road laws have to change before they can actually instigate this into any real use. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> James Roberts says, so's the truck's in charge. Oh, my God, never been on the Hume Highway, I take it. <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah, so the concept is that uh, these road trains will help 
congestion on the traffic because the the um, governing software actually keeps the cars at safe distance from each other and you know and all the sort of stuff that and, we actually do. You know, but you don't you don't have to. You can sit there and have your coffee and read your paper while yep. it takes you to work, basically. Mm. And anytime you can override and pull out. Yeah. And I guess the other ones shuffle back into position and, you know, it works itself out. I think it's an interesting idea. I, as a driver, yeah. all this hands-free stuff kind of makes me kind of nervous. And I want it to be proved to me. Yeah. Um, before, uh, what's he say? Uh, sorry, Delta Knight says, I still couldn't use it, though. I like to be in control of the two-ton car I'm in. That's yeah. exactly right. You want to, that's exactly how I'm feeling. And which means you got, you got to kind of feel the car. Yeah. And the idea of sitting in this car that is autonomously driving itself kind of makes me very nervous, you know? So, uh, uh, but look, look, I'm open to new ideas. Mm. And if they can give me some new ideas, then that's fine. Okay, let's move into some slightly geekier stuff. That was the techie kind of stuff. Let's move into some slightly geekier stuff. And I'm going to say that this was, quite frankly, the funniest thing I read that Delta sent us. Delta at night is our researcher. And that was this article that was on Gizmodo, which I, I, when I read the headline, I went pardon. And when I read it, it actually made me laugh out loud. Yeah. Which is a hunter went on a fox hunt. Right. Shot a fox. Right. Went over to get the body. The fox wasn't quite dead yet. Reached down. The fox started to struggle, which pulled the trigger and shot the hunter. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> You can't have anything against that thing. So right? I just thought, well, if that's not just just desserts, I don't know. I mean, I said it's. It, I, I put this in the it serves like, you. Poor right, guy, you know. I put this in the it serves you right department. <laughs> like, I mean, there's part of me that kind of looks at that and goes, "Wow, you know, like I'm I'm sorry, and you probably struggled to get back from that, and so on and so forth." But you can't hate the fox. No, the fox was just trying to defend himself, man. I just think I, I just I wish foxes had that that that. I mean, foxes are quite intelligent, so I wish they had that synapse where they went, ooh, <laughs> that pulls the trigger. He <laughs> <laughs> goes back and tells other people, hunting. Inside. And there's a really cute piece of Photoshopped, um, or I assume it's Photoshopped, uh, piece of artwork that's actually on the Gizmodo article, uh, which I just thought was very cute. Let me show Josh here, which is the yeah. fox with his sniper scope, um, which isn't quite the case, but yeah. uh, uh, it was a very funny piece of artwork, which you can find on the link. Um, now, the other thing I wanted to say was I love shopping on Amazon. I don't know about you. Yeah. I love shopping on Amazon. And it's always occurred to me that there is really nothing you can't buy on Amazon. Yeah. And this point was really brought home this week. Uh, Delta sent through a link that basically says that you can actually buy a do-it-yourself gastric bypass surgery kit on oh. Amazon. Oh, well, thank God. And what I love is it comes with three sets. So, like, you know, if you get it wrong... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, no, no. Oh, that didn't go in right. I'm trying. Tell me the next one. I'm just trying to figure out how this works. I'm sure it's not self surgery. So, do you buy the kit and then take it to the doctor for him to put it in? Is that what it is? I don't know. It doesn't actually. The say whole it. thing confuses me. Why would I need a kit to be able to perform it surgery? It says bring your own anesthetics and instructions. <laughs> so I just, I'm just. It baffles me. I look at it and I go, this is, a, this is surgery. You actually have to open yourself up to put this in. And then Callison just said in our chat room, I think the doctor has his own kit. It's okay. Mm. You know, but, um, wow, yeah, that's really odd. That's an odd uh, thing to Delta sell. has said it's sold from medical staff. Ah, right. Um, so well, there you go. So Amazon is selling stuff from medical staff. Though. Either, either way you look at it, wild ride. And <laughs> I wish I had the sound clip here for our audio listeners. I might even add it in. I don't know. We'll see if I can find it. But all I want to say is that line from uh, Richard Attenborough, welcome to Jurassic Park. <laughs> all right. Because they are planning at this moment in time, um, uh, Dr. Akira Iritani 
has announced that he is going to produce a living woolly mammoth baby by 2016. Wow. Um, he is going to try and clone a mammoth. There you go. So there you go. Welcome to Jurassic Park. It's only it's only a couple of years past that that we can have dinosaurs, dude. Absolutely. Now, the way that they're doing this, of course, is they needed some tissue, which they have managed to find frozen tissue of mammoths. Uh, the question was, is it viable tissue? Well, uh, they actually produced a clone mouse from tissue that had been frozen for 16 years. Wow. Hello, there's the studio. Oh, you know, it wouldn't be a show unless the studio phone went off at least once. So we'll just ignore that. There we go. It's gone. Um, so, so, yeah, that was 16 years. Now, my question is, mammoths were what? Are we talking 100,000 years? Yes. Yeah. You know, whatever, a thousand, however many thousands of years it was old. Mm. Um, is that tissue still as viable as a 16-year-old tissue that was frozen? I'm not sure. Who knows? I don't, I'm not a clone. Uh, considering gene, it's going to take like five years, I'm pretty sure they probably have a little bit of work to do on it. What's the gestation period for a mammoth, do you think? It would be pretty similar to an elephant, you would imagine. Yeah, probably. Anybody know what the gestation period of an elephant is in our chat room? Fire it out if you know. <laughs> um, now, this one just tickled me. Uh, once again, I, I love the funny ones, and mm. I love it when Delta sends me the funny ones. Uh, a man went into Blockbuster in America. Now, before... We all start laughing. Yes, there are some blockbusters still around. Yeah. Uh, a man went into Blockbuster and tried to rent Piranha 3D and was denied. Oh, what was that? On health and safety reasons. Uh, health and safety reasons. And uh, it turns out that a employee of Blockbuster actually misread because it actually was, you're not supposed to rent out 3D glasses because of hygiene. Yeah. But he just saw the caution, do not rent because of hygiene reasons, and didn't rent him the movie. <laughs> so someone got denied a copy of Piranha 3D because of hygiene reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so lame. That's some skanky movie, let me tell you. Wow, man, that's, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in coolness factor this week, in coolness factor this week, we also have to talk about the new Hot Wheels cars. Yeah. I don't know about you, Josh, but when I was a kid, I loved Hot Wheels cars. Mm. And we, we talked about that art piece of artwork where that guy had those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Hot Wheels cars going around. Mm. I just love that sort of idea. Well, a new range of Hot Wheels cars are coming out. That have cameras built into them. Oh, wow. So that as they're racing around the track, they record the race around the track. And they've got a little screen on the bottom to play back. So you can actually now get the car's view of the track as it races around the track. That uh, is awesome. That's kind of cool. That'd <laughs> yeah. be really cool. You could cut together videos and stuff oh, like that. And man. they'll go up on YouTube. Michael and we just... can flood YouTube with even more useless videos. I wonder if it's got like a little USB or something to get the video off of it. It, I, it would say. have to. It would have to. There's no way that they wouldn't. They will set you back about $60 for a car. I am 27 years old, Dave. I can afford toys that are $60. No problems. I'll Damn figure straight. out a way. I reckon we get a Hot Wheels track, a bunch of these cars. Dude, we should get one that runs around the whole entire oh, studio. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be so cool. Damn straight. I've, I've always wanted to build a train set that goes around the entire studio. Yeah. I thought that would be awesome, too. Um, all right. So that's our Hot Wheels video racers, and we got to keep our eyes in the stores for There you those. go. Zid has just says it does have a mini USB. Yes. Mm. All right. Um, now... Uh, obsessive online gaming? Now, I believe you're an obsessive online gamer. I am no? not obsessive. I have just got DC Online. That doesn't make me an obsessive. It just means that I now have the game. All right, tell me about DC Online. DC Online is good. Is that all you're going to tell me? No, that's all I'm going to say because realistically, the one thing about DC... It's going to be your pick of the week, isn't it? Well, d DC... No, because it's not an app. <laughs> How... No, pick of the week is open to anything now. Oh, really, is it? All right, well, we'll talk about it then. 
All right, not a problem. Uh, we'll come back to that because all I want to say was if you are an obsessive online gamer, mm-hmm. uh, here's a tale of caution for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tale of caution for you is a woman in Pennsylvania has lost the custody of her six children uh, after an investigation found that the kids were living in filthy houses, uh, were living in a filthy house littered with animal waste. Mm. Yummy. Uh, uh, deplorable conditions. The mo- and the mother, the reason why it was all like this was because the mother was addicted to online computer games. She completely which, which game? It doesn't actually say. Of course it doesn't, because then we would have some grounds to defend so ourselves. Police say, prob- the, police say the kids were 11 years old or younger, were sleeping on bare mattresses, and had little to no food. Yeah. Um, it says, Elizabeth Ruffner neglected her children due to her game addiction. Says her oh, husband. dude, I love that. Read the last part of that line. The kid's stepfather... Uh, WPXI's report doesn't identify the game by name, but uses footage of Grand Theft Auto. Oh, it's not even an online game. Exactly. Oh. Isn't that wonderful? That is just typical, typical truths from a freaking media-driven uh, lifestyle that we would use something look, like Grand Theft Auto. if she is addicted to the game, it's probably some MMO, and she's probably, she may be addicted to It could to the be game. still life. Uh, second second life. life. Absolutely. Still life. Oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty still, much it's, the same yes, thing. Yeah, it is now, anyway. Um... <laughs> That's still bored at this Look, point. Look, <laughs> um, realistically, um, I'm glad. Ah, Delta Knight says he thinks it was a Facebook game. Oh, well, there you go. Even worse. Even worse. No, but this is, this, is my exact, this is my exact point, is the fact that I am so glad that happens, and I hope it happens to everyone that's addicted to the game. Because realistically, you give us all a bad name, yeah, and, and you get should get a life. Gone. Yeah. Get a life. If you've got kids, play the game in moderation, which is what you teach your children. Yes, exactly. You know? So, you know... Everything in moderation. It kind of reminds me of The Big Bang Theory, the episode where Penny gets addicted to the World of Warcraft type game. Yeah. (laughs) But realistically, at the end of that, she does what any rational person would do, which is realize you're playing like 1,600 hours a day and be like, I need a life. Yeah, get a life. Yeah. All right. Now, is this science or is this just weird? This is the uh, Gizmodo article that basically says people at the end of the alphabet. So if your name ends in like Z or X are more impulsive buyers than those at the front of the alphabet. Now, according to this article on Gizmodo, and I'm going to read some of this because this is fascinating, and I don't know if this is science or if this is just coincidence, but it says people waiting in line for days for the latest must-have product are probably a bunch of Zimmermans, Youngs, and yes, Wilkins. Mm. According to a truly bizarre new study, it's apparently all the fault of elementary school teachers overusing alphabetical order. Says this is one of those studies that seems way too ridiculous to be true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But consider this: researchers tracked consumer patterns in a variety of situations. They consistently found people whose last names came later in the alphabet tended to buy items far more quickly than those earlier in the alphabet. Uh, the effect got stronger and stronger the later a person's name appeared in the alphabet. Well, I'm P, and I spend like a mofo, so... And I'm M, so we were always in the middle. So the people who are further back probably spend even more than us. It says, intriguingly, for married women, the name that mattered was her maiden name. Hmm. The name she was when she was in school. Uh, suggesting that the underlying cause for this is created earlier in life. Uh, It says researchers speculate that the use of alphabetical order during people's childhoods creates a sense in later alphabet kids that if they want to be first in line for something, they're going to have to make it happen for themselves. Ah. So it's a psychological thing where they go, I have to be first because I was always last. 
That's crazy. It's crazy, isn't it? But believable. Uh, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Is it science or is it just weird? I think it's science. I think there is something to be said here. The brain, man. What a thing. You know? The, the, it's, see, that's the thing. All you elementary school teachers out there, stop putting kids in alphabetical order. You're hurting them. There we go. Uh, I am Aspe says, I am an R and I don't compulsively buy. She doesn't. That's a fair call. That's a fair call. Okay, okay. I mean, there'll be exceptions. But does she like to be first for things? Not necessarily buy, but does she like to be first? Well, I'm sure we can figure that out at some other time. It doesn't quite work as well. Mum isn't impulsive and her maiden name is R. Now, here's the question, though. Australian people... Yeah. Did we have as much of that lining up in alphabetical order thing? I don't remember it. I did in my country. Yeah, but you're Back from New in Zealand. the home country. <laughs> you're from New Zealand. They're weird out there. Um, uh, Zed says yes. <laughs> R stands for resistance. All righty. Okay, guys, we've got something slightly different for the weird geek food this week. Delta yeah. Knight rounded this video up, and I'm going to play this video. It is Epic Mealtime because, you know, we love our boys at Epic Mealtime. Mm. But it's interesting because this is actually an interview with them. So it's not them making weird food, but yeah. they were actually interviewed on American News yeah. about why they do it and so forth. So I thought we'd share this with you. I've cut this back a little bit for time. It's still kind of long. So if you want to see the whole video... Mm. Um, now, this is great for our audio listeners because for the first time, it really is just them talking. So you can just listen. But if you want to hear the whole thing, there's a little bit at the end, a little bit at the beginning. Uh, the link is in our show notes. Okay. But here you go. Here's an interview with the Epic Mealtime Boys. So what, what makes a meal an epic meal? If we take every aspect of what makes a meal a meal, every single aspect, and we, and we give it a little extra spice, each individual aspect of it together as a whole it will become something greater than what it was and, and i usually like to think of the term as epic and i feel like we've been delivering an epic meal every tuesday so far so walk me through some of the some of the some of the ones that i've seen include the bird and the bird and the bird and the bird and the pig walk me through what was going on there a big thing in thanksgiving is the turducken and so we were like let's take the turducken and wrap it in bacon and we're like, wait, let's get more birds. Let's get, let's stuff a turducken. You could stuff a turducken with other birds, like a quail and a Cornish hen. So we're like, all right, let's let's put a quail and a Cornish hen in a turducken and wrap those in bacon. And then we were like, well, wait, let's let's take all of that and put that in a pig and wrap the pig in bacon. And, and just because we're not culinarily trained or chefs or anything, let's garnish it with Wendy's bacon eaters because because that's what we're about. We're, you know, we just we just do it. With that one in particular, I, I, I was wondering, honestly, did, did it taste good? Tasted delicious. We, we also fed about, I had like 25 people at my house come and eat, eat this uh, to bake an epic with us. You had 25 people, and tell me honestly right now, are all 25 people who came to eat at Thanksgiving, are they all still alive? <laughs> yeah, uh, <here>. yeah. <laughs> yeah we, got, we got everyone still. Yeah, they're, they're all hanging on. Um, and, and how concerned are you guys about, about health? Are you healthy people? I think we're pretty healthy. Um, you know, when we first started, we had our buddy with uh, the sunglasses. He was the one that was eating a lot. And, you know, about three weeks in, we were like, hey, we, we might lose a friend if we keep doing it this way. Let's 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 start a squad and have people sub substituting in and out just because, come on, you know, we don't want to lose our friend here. Why do you think you have so many hits? Why do you think this has captured so many people's imagination? Everyone eats, first of all. Every single person eats. Um in this day and age, I feel like there's a big emphasis on uh, organic foods or uh, 
you know, a lot of negative media in regards to uh, obesity and stuff like that. And, and we are there eating this and they're eating vicariously through us and they get to enjoy that through us. And um, I mean, we get we get messages. I'm not just saying this. We get messages from vegans all the time saying they watch Epic Mealtime, saying I'm vegan, but I just can't not watch every Tuesday. I want to see what you're doing. Because I think everyone wants to be there when, when one of you keels over, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. So, so what's the dream here? How far can you go with this? IMAX 3D, Epic Meal Time, directed by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> Damn right, man. Damn right. Why are you laughing? Yeah. Uh, I like the fact that every, everybody in our chat room is saying that he looks stoned. And somebody yeah. said that he's probably smoking it out of his bacon bong. Was it J-Rag is that he smokes it out of his bacon bong? He does look stoned. He always looks stoned on the show, too, though. Mm. But you know what? To eat the shit that he eats? Yeah. I think I you have to be a little bit stoned. You're probably looking at the start going, I'm going to need some sort of thing to get me going here because I don't want to touch that. Zed says he places dibs on replacing the first guy to die. That's <laughs> <laughs> one, Zed. Oh, God. Oh, good Lord. All right, so... That's our geek food this week. I thought we'd kind of, that was just a really good to see them talk. And it answers one of the questions that we have been posing on this show since we started showing them, yeah. which is, are they actually chefs? Yeah. And according to them, they're not. Yeah. They're not culinary chefs. They obviously know how to cook, yeah. um, but they're not trained chefs. And I think that was also very interesting. So, you know, we look forward to many more heart-inducing food meals from um, yeah. the Epic Mealtime Boys in the future. Um, this is going to bring us to our picks of the week. Now, my pick of the week, I'm going to go first. I don't know what Josh has actually got planned. But mm. as we said in our first show of this newly restructured show, our pick of the week is opening up to all sorts of stuff. Mm. Um, so it can be, you know, hardware or whatever. Mm. I'm actually going to pick an app for the Mac. And I know there's not a lot of Mac users in our chat room, I don't think. But there are Mac users who listen. And mm. I'm just going to say that um, I heard about this actually on Leo Laporte's podcast, Mac Break Weekly. And I thought, oh, I have to share that with my audience because it is too good to be true. Mm. In the App Store in the new Mac. So unfortunately, if you're not running Snow Leopard, you don't have the new Mac Store. But if you have the Mac App Store, uh, you can actually download a copy of Autodesk's Sketchbook Express. Now, mm. Josh actually picked Sketchbook as a app of the week for the iPad a while ago, and it's a fantastic mm. um, uh, drawing program. Yeah. And it's really good on the Mac. Now, there's actually a pro version as well, and I have no idea why you would buy the pro version on the Mac because the uh, Sketchbook Express seems fully featured, works with Wacom tablets, fantastic piece of software, but most importantly, here's the kicker it's free. Yeah. Which is just brilliant. Yeah. Um, and I've been playing with it a lot for the last couple of days, just playing with it, going, yeah, this is pretty good. I don't know why this is free. And I keep waiting for it to run up against limitations and go, oh, I need to get the pro version to get that. But it's got layers. It's got pressure sensitivity. It's got all the things you would expect in the pro version, mm. in the express version. So I actually don't know what's in the pro version to make it worthwhile. But that's my pick anyway. I'm also going to pick a piece of hardware and say that the new MacBook Pro 13-inch is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, no, you recently got that. Uh, you seem to be very, very much into it. I'm very into it. I'm very moved in, and uh, I'm very happy with it. Yeah, dropped it off. It's, yeah. uh, it's all, it's all Beautiful. in there now. You've got everything I'm all installed. Moved in. I'm and, all moved in. I've got all my yeah. software installed. And I was worried that it wasn't going to be quite powerful enough for me, because I'm going from a big 17-inch, you know, mm. and the whole bit. But, it, you know, it runs Photoshop like a dream. You know, mm. it's, uh, it's I'm multitasking at the moment. I've got, what, seven applications open. And I'm not getting any lag at all. So this thing's running really nicely. So. Cool. It's good. What you got? 
Well, um, my app for the week is a program because I have been looking for a while for any sort of camera software that works a little bit better than Macs because Mac uh, on the iPhone is literally just point, shoot, and focus. That's all you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, Camtastic is an application that seems to do all right. It doesn't load straight into your um, uh, photo photo part of the application. It actually loads into its own um, and you can take a whole bunch of photos and it actually processes in the background mm-hmm. and it will actually have like this four light system that will light to the top when it finishes processing the photos. Um, it's really good because it's just nice to have a bunch of other options. You can take multiple photos, you mm-hmm. can do set two, five, ten, or whatever. Um, you can change color tones and sepias and so on and so forth, all the stuff you would imagine. Um, the only thing it doesn't seem to have is a zoom function, which I thought was relatively that may important. may come in an update because there is the digital zoom on there now. Mm. But, um... Um, but yeah, no, I, I've just been quite impressed with the way that it takes photos. It seems to be all right. Um, it doesn't seem to have the lighting ability of the uh, iPhones one. Mm-hmm. Like It seems to light a little bit. Um, harsher Mm -hmm. Um, but apart from that it's actually quite a good app and I'm quite impressed with the amount of stuff they've thrown into one app and for $2.50 I think it was it's definitely worthwhile actually speaking of camera apps I'll I'll throw in one more and this is actually not a new pick Uh, it's something that I've been using for quite some time but the reason why I'll bring it up is because I just heard now I haven't tested this out but I have just heard that it's come back into the app store Mm. Um, and that was an app from um I want to say who the manufacturer is. I think what is there a company called Tap 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 or something like that? Maybe. Anyway, uh, they released a camera app called Camera Plus, mm. and it was actually uh, in conjunction with uh, I want to say uh, Justine Mazurik or whatever her name is. The the photographer Mm. anyway but basically it's a camera app it's a replacement camera app for the camera as well Mm. um but it's uh it's got all built-in filters stabilizers all sorts of really neat features Mm. it was actually removed from the app store um after making a great deal of money because they modified the use of the phone they actually modified it so that you could use the the um volume button as a shutter button which is great i don't know why they wouldn't allow that but apple doesn't apparently though it's just been brought back into the app store yeah. So I think they've taken that out now, and they've just put the app back in. So that's also one you can have a look at that is also really good. And I think that does have Zoom and stuff. So oh, Wonderful. <laughs> I'm not sure what it costs now. It would, when they initially launched it, it was like $1.19 or something like that, mm. but I think it's probably more expensive now. But have a look at that one. I'm, as I say, I've just heard it's come back in. The um, other function that I really liked is on the main screen when you're actually using the, th- uh, the camera, the, it uses the gyroscope. Um, oh, so yeah. if you tilt it to one side, it will actually tell you that you're off-center. Oh, that's so, great. I uh, like that. that. Was, yeah, yeah, that was new. that was one of the functions that I thought was pretty awesome. That's fantastic. So there's a couple of camera apps for you to try. The other piece of news that I just literally, literally just before we started recording, I had my, my earbud in, and I was listening to Windows Weekly, which is mm. another Leo Laporte podcast, and they made mention that IDOS, the app that you yep. recommended several weeks ago now, and which I missed and I really want, is apparently back in the App Store. Yeah. Apparently they've got approved and they're back in the App Store. Now I went and had an immediate look. It's not in the Australian App Store. So I think it's only come out in the American App Store, but if it's in the American App Store it means it won't be far off. Um so if you are looking for that iDOS DOS emulator for iPad, uh it looks like it might be back. Mm. So uh keep your eyes open for that. These are little bits of news that we heard. Uh, it looks like Josh has the MasterChef logo on his laptop. Uh which one? Oh, this is actually my netbook. No, this is um Griffin Technologies. Yeah. Yeah, these are various companies. We've got Apple, Griffin Technologies, 
us and Behringer. So, uh, yeah, the netbook is like a little walking ad. Mm. <laughs> um, the only other thing I was going to bring up, because you uh, were bringing it up before, DC Online. Oh, yeah. um, now, people are sitting on the fence with this one. A lot of people I know uh, aren't going out and getting it because, obviously, A, it's an online game, and online games are dangerously addictive if you are if of the right mindset. Uh, second of all, the question always gets raised every time a new one comes out. Is it anything as good as WoW, and why should I bother switching over? Well, the, the first part to that question I have is, what if you don't play WoW? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's actually probably more accessible in that fact because um, the actual fighting thing has the left and right click, which are physical and long-range weapons, so you've still got the two on that front. Um, the customization levels are as good as you would expect from a game like this. Um, the world seemed to be filling up relatively well. Like People seem to be starting to push into it. Um, the voices and so on, you have Mark Hamill and a bunch of other people doing it. Whoever does Batman should retire because you're freaking shit. So it's not... It's not, um, it's not Kevin... Um, Conroy, I want to say? Conroy, yes, yeah. Conroy. Um, no, it's not. Um, whoever it is is fucking terrible. Um it's a little bit too fanboyish. There's a part of me that kind of looks around the world and it's like big things like the fact that you open up and one of the uh, starting pieces involves you fighting alongside Superman. There is part of me that goes, this is really for the worst kind of nerd there is. No offense, guys. I don't mean that as a nasty thing, but it's just like the kind of person that really does wish... Batman is Kevin Conroy, apparently. Oh, wow. Well, he's not doing a very good job then. Um, so Callison said that. No yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it actually sounds terrible. Like, uh, he just puts me off every... Oh, wait. Is it him or Superman that I hate? Oh, uh, could be Tim. Da- was it Tim Daly used to do Superman? Um, right yeah, there? I'm not sure. Either way, sorry, I may have totally screwed that up. It may not be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> James, James, James. Wash your mouth. James out. in our chat room has just said, "Yeah, Val Kilmer will always be the best Batman." Um, well, I will say that he was probably better than Clooney, but you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's. It looked- oh, Adam Baldwin does Superman. I haven't run into Supergirl yet. Summer, Summer McLeod does Supergirl, and Gina Torres does Wonder Woman. Gina Torres does an all right job. Um, I think Adam Baldwin may be the one that I'm not liking. I don't anyway, like Adam Baldwin. That's a shame. Yeah, yeah, but one of the lead, one of the lead mm. people I remember just sitting there in the intro just going, God, I wish you'd all shut up. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, look, it's, um, it is actually quite a bit of fun. Uh, like I said, the fanboyism goes a little bit too far for me, and as someone that isn't a DC fan, I get lost in the world sometimes when people are just yeah. saying things kind of half-heartedly you kind of feel like a new york tourist because it's kind of like everyone you talk to is like yeah you just go left and then around the corner and then over there and you're like i just i don't even know those places that's how i felt playing about. the spider-man games yeah. you know, all the spider-man games that come out everybody's yelling at you on the street you know? yeah <laughs> um but yeah look it's very accessible it feels kind of like the spider-man-esque kind of a thing mm-hmm. because your characters can either fly um float and hover if you're into magic or um Acrobatic, which if is what I play I did, it, I have to be able to Which fly, is like running up walls and stuff like that. Um, I imagine there's going to be some interfriend rivalry when some people fly off into the sky and the other people have to run along the tops of buildings. I'm sure that I'm probably going to. Are you hate. talking about us by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, apart from that, look, the game itself is pretty cool, and I've only done I think I'm up to level seven now. But look, uh, for people that are into online MMORPGs, it's definitely a step sideways from something like WoW. It feels a little bit. More 
more like a game as opposed mm-hmm. to just a button tapping. Callus into that chat room and said, it's making me more of a DC fan because as you progress, you start to learn more of the backstory. Yeah, and they do have cool little things like um, the fact that the first city's Gotham. Um, there is a tourist mission, which I've just finished, like before I came up here, um, that is literally uh, you find kiosks and you have to run to locations and they've actually got places like Crime Alley and um, like you know famous locations in the game that you can run around and find and it does a little tour of those locations mm-hmm. and then you go back into the game and I was like all right things like that are really cool because as someone that isn't a fan you kind of look at it and go there is a lot of backstory you don't know and it's just because I've been a Marvel kid my right. entire life but you actually sit there and you're like all right Cromelli is pretty cool and things like that and uh battling scarecrow was good if not a little bit monotonous but definitely better than a lot of MMORPG bosses So what's the combat like is it like just a fighting game? Well, you've got your left it... click, which is punching, and it's lots of different combo punches and kicks and stuff like that, and your secondary fire is whatever weapon you've chosen. So Calisynth has um, a hand blaster. I use double pistols. It's like the customization allows for it to feel a bit different, and then you have your one to seven keys. So if you're a, if you're a, super, a superhero that has multiple powers, like somebody like a Superman, yeah. you could use it for like heat vision or something. No, no, no. Like uh, the left and right click will always just be short range and long range. The one to nine keys are your powers, right. and you okay, set those gotcha up to your buttons um yeah game's very cool very accessible so far i will let you know next week when i have yeah let's see how the the novelty starts to wear thin exactly okay that sounds good all right so uh i think we're pretty much done here uh we're just gonna do a little bit of housekeeping and basically say if you have anything if you want to send feedback like all that feedback we had at the beginning send it to feedback at geekactually.com or if you want to have your voice heard like i did 0280113167 or uh, just use Skype, and our Skype ID is Geek Actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, just be aware that when you first uh, approach us, you'll probably need to be approved. So just put in an application, be a, you know, with the Skype thing, how you have to get yep. like approved into the address book. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. You can get our merchandise. You can follow our fan page. Oh, I should explain the fan page, shouldn't I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, I was just going to breeze right past that, but I just thought this week we closed the forum. Yeah. Um, I made an executive decision to close the forum. Um, it's just locked. Nothing's, nothing's been deleted. It's just been locked for the moment and closed down. Uh, we're getting bombarded by spam in the forum, and um, I don't actually have time to be sitting there going in there and cleaning it out every day. Um, so until we see a real demand for the forum come back, we might actually just keep it closed for the moment. Uh, <laughs> James from Melbourne says, no, damn you, Dave, you blew it up, blew it all to hell. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's not a plan of the Abe situation. What we have done, though, is we are going to, anything that was in the forum, uh, anything that was uh, the forum-related kind of thing, we've just moved to our Facebook fan page. Um, so things like... Uh, um, as an example, our lists of five on film, actually, yeah. I've transferred all of those to the discussion boards on the Facebook fan page. Mm. <clears throat> so if you want discussions or so forth, it's all in one place now. And the forum has just been closed down for the moment because we didn't have that many users using it. For those who were using it, I do apologize. Uh, we just, I just need to simplify. This year's motto, by the way, on all Geek Actually related stuff is simplify. <laughs> all right. So that was just simplifying. Um, so yeah, that explains that. So if you want to follow our fan page, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, get merchandise, whatever, just go to geekactually.com. There's a follow us 
like yeah. badge floating yeah. on the side and you can find all the things through there mm. uh you can watch this show live as i said before we start recording every week every saturday at 12 p.m australian eastern daylight savings time utc plus 11 geekactually.com forward slash live mm-hmm. um our film show records after this so that usually starts at about 1 ish mm. something like that uh around there that's always estimated depending on how long the first show goes yeah uh you can check out some friends of ours uh weekend ronin.com for the real junkies podcast uh, it's a movie podcast, which is a lot of fun. And of course, Josh, you also have a uh, another show. DLC Live, it's at rawdlc.com. We have a live show that goes out Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Figure it out if you're overseas. I'm sorry I'm not being rude. It's just that I don't really know where you live. Um, and apart <laughs> from that, um, and here we go. We uh, Sorry, someone in the chat room is writing something. Here we go. The love. Raw DLC. Jason yeah. Melbourne is basically saying the love of Raw DLC. Yes, um, and uh, there are a bunch of <laughs> Jason articles. Goes, wow, that was an excited one, Josh. <laughs> um, and we have a bunch of cool stuff coming up for the next little while, so make sure to check that out. And also check out Arbiter, which is the magazine available on Geek Actually. You can subscribe in the top right-hand corner of the site, and if you go back a few posts, you'll be able to find the first issue to grab, as it is not available uh, to... I think James from Melbourne is scolding me, like... Uh, 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 an unhappy father in the chat room. <laughs> He's going, ahem, crosses arms and shakes his head. I'm sorry I closed the forum, dude. <laughs> I didn't mean it. <laughs> we don't have time. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for that, Josh. And also, just so you know, because uh, I was just going to skip over it, and I thought we sent, we've mentioned it every week for almost a year and something, mm. and people are going to think we've had a falling out or something. Mm. I am not ignoring moviefanhouse.com. We're not giving an active promotion because they're restructuring at the moment. So just so you know, uh, you can go there. It's still there, moviefanhouse.com. Mm-hmm. But I was speaking to Charlie last night, and they're in the process of restructuring a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he said, don't bother doing lots of pushing right now because they're in the middle of restructuring. Yes, and there's Simple no point that. sending people to something that isn't going to get updated. That's right. So I'm not ignoring them because we're mad at them. I mean, I'm just... Yes, not. no. The, uh, we joke backwards and forwards sometimes, but realistically there is nothing... Uh, against each no, other. No, no, no. Movie fan house. These, these guys are our good friends. Same with the yeah. Weekend Ronin guys. In fact, something to look forward to, guys. Um, we are going to try and get, uh, over the course of this year, mm. and I haven't spoken to all of them yet, but, you know, it'll happen. Uh, we're going to try and start bringing in um, the real junkies. Maybe one by one. I don't think we'll bring them all in. But yeah. uh, one by one via Skype. We're going to try and get them all onto this show, rotated through the show, or the film actually. Damn show, right. At least Charlie, once this year. Brad. No, that's, that's Movie Fan House. And the Ronins. Yeah, the Ronins. Are, you know, Bernie, uh, Gray, Bernie, Fox, Fox, all of yep. them. We're going to get you on. Uh, yeah, we're going to try and get you all through here at some point. Um, awesome. All right. So I think that's it. Um, yep. I've got nothing else. We are going to go out with slightly something. Slightly something. Yeah. Speak, speak, learn to use your voice. Uh, We are going to go out with something slightly different this week. Uh, Normally, uh, for our audio listeners, you would at this point be hearing the um, original Geek Actually theme. And it would go out with the Geek Actually theme. This week, we're going to go out with something different. Because Delta Knight found this, and quite frankly, it was... uh, pretty funny i thought it was pretty funny from a geek point of view i don't know if you're non-geek it might not be so funny but from a geek <laughs> point of view this was pretty funny this is called star trek acid drive uh it's a youtube video by a guy called pilot um and basically he's taken some star trek footage and he's mixed it to his own music or he's mixed it to a remix of existing music but he's put it all together and it's pretty funny so and it's pretty 
cool music too. So I thought we'd uh, we'd go out with this this week. So enjoy Star Trek Acid Drive, guys, and we'll see you all next week. for it.